hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving and I'm grateful that you are here with us today on the More With Nikki Dutton podcast and buckle in because today's guest is unreal. Her name is Priscelles Perot Dominguez. She was a guest recommended by Faith Yuri Cho. She said, if there's one person that you should have on your podcast, it's for sure Priscelles. And so I was going through the motions. I was looking at her Instagram and her website and just kind of getting a feel for who Priscelles was. And I absolutely fell in love. Priscelles is unreal. She offers such clear pictures of God's goodness through every medium, through every avenue, whether that is an Instagram post or um, a coaching session or a podcast episode. She's just such a gift to the world around her. And so I'm so grateful to have met her and now incorporate her into my rhythms and routines. Because right now, that gift that she's giving the world of those clear pictures of God's goodness is something that I really need in this season, and I think that you will be encouraged by too. So here is Priscelles Perot Dominguez. I recently released an episode with Brad McDonald called Quit But Don't Give Up, and I've heard from so many people that it's a favorite from this season so far, and I think the reason so many of us resonate with that message that Brad offered and just with who Brad is in himself is that a lot of us feel stuck in our career, in our calling, in our purpose, in our leadership, and we're trying to figure out how to get unstuck, and Brad has amazing experience and has actually served as a coach for years. Scott did coaching with Brad a year ago. I gave it to him as a holiday gift and it has made a huge, huge difference in his career and his purpose. So Pattern Talent, if you're wondering what it is, is a purpose-driven consulting firm focused on designing transformations that develop leaders. I think the keyword there is transformation and develop. For any that want to have that transformation in this new year, wants to take that next step in your calling, I couldn't recommend Pattern Talent more. They serve individuals and companies through one-on-one group coaching or through a tailor-made toolkit that can be delivered through coaching, consulting, teaching, and training. You can find out more at patterntalent.co or if you want to just go ahead and sign up, you can email them hello at patterntalent.co. I can't reiterate enough that this is such a good gift to give someone or a great gift to give yourself as you're looking into the new year. You can use my promo code Nikki Dutton, all caps, no spaces for 10% off of a six-month coaching agreement at patterntalent.co. Priscilles, thank you for being here. It's such a joy to meet you. And we've already been talking for a few minutes. And I'm just really excited for what the Lord will do with this time. Since you're new to me, would you help me know what your life looks like in this season and just maybe some of the major moments that have led to this day? Yeah, totally. And thank you for having me, Nikki. Um, what is life right now? Wow, wow, wow. That is a big question. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot of different things. This has been, I keep kind of telling people that this has been one of the most blessed years of my life. God has done, done so much, while also has been probably one of the hardest, one of the most painful years of my life um, of just like things going on in my family. And so right now I'm in the midst of just a deep reflection of that, of like, what is, what is living in blessing and hard things look like and what is that what is how does that shift my posture as I go into this new year um and then in the in the midst of reflection I'm you know wiping my son's diaper and making (laughs) meals and doing what I can um in my day-to-day and running my business and my ministry uh but that's where kind of like I'm at and I and I imagine a lot of people are 
are there. Um, and I think also there's grace that if you're not there, like if it's too hard to reflect or if it's too much to reflect, but that's kind of just where I've been uh, really just in September. I've just been reflecting really hard this year. Yeah. And what have been some of those things? I know you've shared some kind of through your ministry, but what have been some of those things that have been the blessings this year? And what are some of those things that have been challenging? Yeah. Uh, so blessings have been, I got my first book deal uh, with Brazos Press. That. That's <laughs> yes. so exciting. Which is an imprint <laughs> of Baker. Um, and I've just had such a delightful time with them. If I'm honest, I have a lot of author friends who have just yeah. kind of shared some really tough stories with Same. their experiences. And I've just had a really good experience so far. And I'm just, I know that that's the grace of God, because if I had to deal with the hard things of this year, but then also kind of like deal with like a hard editor or, or like just a hard team to work with, it would have been, yeah, more, more burdening. So I'm just really grateful God's kindness in the great team that I have yeah. um, that is just really supporting me and believes in my message and my ministry. Um, so that has been huge and really beautiful and encouraging in my journey, especially uh, because English is not my first language. Uh, and so just being able to see God's redemption from my childhood experiences with this language mm -hmm. to even write a full book. Um, and that's so that's wild. a big blessing. <laughs> um, and I hosted my first conference here in New York City. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was born and raised in the city and I love New York. Um, and we have a lot of churches, but we also still have a lot of people that don't know Jesus or don't follow Jesus. Um, and so, uh, you know, sometimes it can even be a little hard to minister to folks in this city if we just don't feel equipped to. Um, mm -hmm. And so I wanted to create a space for us to be just that, to be sowers of God's word in our everyday life as Christians. Um, and what turned out to be awesome is that people came from all over the country. There were people so here from cool. California and Tennessee and Texas and Florida. I was like, okay. So <laughs> it was just, it was a, it was very exciting. It was so much work and it was a lot, yeah. but yeah. it was, it was just so huge of a, so it was such a huge blessing. Um, and we was only women next year. We're going to do men and women, uh -huh. uh, but it was just really beautiful. We had multilingual worship. Uh, it was just a powerful time. We did some practical justice um, through about the community. And mm -hmm. so that was a huge blessing that actually was supposed to happen in 2020. Really? Um, and I was supposed to announce it the week the country, or I guess the world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, God's timing. Uh, yep. Three years later, we did it and we made it happen. Um, and I would say, yeah, another kind of celebration and praise report is starting seminary. Um, I had gotten kind of like the vision to do so in January and I applied to some schools. And if I'm honest, I applied, I got in and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> like <laughs> the conference was yeah. coming and I just was like, that's all I'm focused on. And then a week before the conference, someone, a friend texted me, was like, hey, I heard you want to go to seminary. What about Denver? We're doing a cohort. And like, I was like, okay. Um, and I applied and you know, I got in, they had a scholarships um, and I just, I've been doing that this semester. So that has been yeah, just like big highlights mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. God's faithfulness and goodness throughout this year. Really, these are, I'm gonna be honest, these are not things that I worked for that I wrote in my yeah. goals. Like yeah. it was truly just God's provision mm -hmm. and kindness um, to make a way for these things. Um, and then hard things uh, were just kind of more than anything, things within my family um, that came up that uh, yeah, just was unexpected. <laughs> unexpected. That, some, sure. yeah. yeah, some <laughs> separation, some divorces, I guess, in the yeah, progress yeah. and um, some, yeah, some just experiences that have been very painful, but that also mm -hmm. even happened a few years ago that like yeah. are coming up now. Totally. And so, yeah, kind of, I'm actually in a place of like figuring out like, okay, 
um, I don't, I, there's not much I can do about this. Mm-hmm. So he, here's actually the opportunity for me to give this really to the Lord. Uh, I think we give things to the Lord, but we can still like do things about it. Like, this is something I literally can't do much about. And so it's been a huge surrender. Um, yeah. But also I have felt a little hopeless <laughs> with that, if I'm honest. So, yes. so yeah, just battling mm-hmm. um, in the midst of like huge gratitude, but lots of grief too. I resonate with that. I recorded and released an episode with my little sister last week, and it was the first time she had ever been on the podcast. And it's fun to have this space and have people like you and recommendations. And But then you have someone who's so close to you and who mm-hmm. knows everything. They know all the good things, the bad things, the hard things. And in our conversation, we talked about we lost our dad five years ago, somewhat mm-hmm. unexpectedly. I was actually in grad school when I got the call. Yeah. And uh, we were just talking about how strange grief is and And there were a lot of dynamics around that, um, even leading up to his death. And then after the fact that even these last five years, you said it it feels just disorienting. You feel Mm -hmm. kind of like out of, out of whack and out of sync. And so it really is just trying to relocate where I exist in that. And a lot of that for me has been exactly what you said of giving that back to the Lord and realizing what I'm holding on to that maybe isn't mine to carry or mine to try to work out or sort or fix or explain because there's just so much of it that's just beyond like my capacity so I resonate with that a lot it's interesting um I so just a week ago I we were I guess you could say honoring or celebrating um 22 years of not having my dad that he passed Mm -hmm. away when I was little um Mm -hmm. and I was like you know thinking about grief in that sense like there's just some lifelong griefs right for us um and and there's even things that feel like death that is not mm-hmm. death. Um, and we get to kind of like enter into that grief in that way. And so, but yeah, it can be that. It can be disorienting, yes. not just for a few months, but a few years. Um, and so yeah. giving ourselves grace in that. I think too, you said it, there's space. People understand when you've lost someone, when you're attending a physical funeral or when it's Father's Day and Mm -hmm. there's this recognition of, hey, there's people in this room who don't have fathers for a myriad of reasons. But you said there are things that are not death that feel like death. And some of those things have been the hardest. I don't want to try to compare or contrast it with losing my dad or losing other Mm -hmm. family members. But in that same breath, I would say some of those things have been the pain has been more acute and more intense and it's not a physical loss of someone, but a a relational loss or the way Mm -hmm. that things were. And my sister and I were talking about it because even here at the holidays, it can be really complicated whenever people are starting to come together or you're finding new ways. And I know you're a mom and uh, one of my friends has said, when she's become a mom each time she's given birth to a new child, that has also kind of been a different version of grief grieving that loss. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't expected. She thought the first time for sure, you know, I'm Mm going to miss not having my dad here. But then as like a little girl comes in the picture or then another little boy, it's just very interesting and dynamic. I think grief and loss and challenge are dynamic and it's not as static as maybe I thought or wished that it would be. (laughs) Exactly. Just like healing, right? We Mm -hmm. say, we say so much that healing is not linear. So is Mm -hmm. grief, right? It's just... It's, it's, it feels like a bit of a messy circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God that God meets us in that messy circle, right? Because yes. even he himself experienced grief. And I think that's where we get to draw close to like the comfort um, of like all the experiences that we have felt yes. or feelings that we have felt like he too has felt that. And um, may- maybe for some people that's not comforting. For me, that is very comforting. Yeah. 
Yeah. I find it comforting too. I find it comforting too, especially this time of year, thinking mm-hmm. about the Lord on our earth, in our shoes, in these homes, in these cities, and just knowing what Jesus looks like in that everyday yeah. life and knowing that he's familiar with the complications that we experience exactly. this side of eternity. I find mm-hmm. a lot of comfort in that as well. So it's even a, a very timely reminder in this season. And I appreciate as well, you've said that there have been so many celebrations and they haven't been things that you necessarily put on your vision board and said, I'm going to do this by this age, or I'm going to check this box. I resonate with that a lot. Uh, Even when we were talking before we hit record about A21, that was not something I pursued. It was just something that the Lord brought into my path. And kind of there was this invitation to join him in that or with my own podcast. It's not to create a fan base or to promote a thing. Mm -hmm. It just felt like this side little project that me and the Lord were working on. And somehow three years later, we're still here and people are listening and it's encouraging people. And you've said that there are a lot of things in your life that feel that way, but you have your own podcast. And so I wanted to hear what has that process been like for you? Because it's rare to have another podcast host on the guest. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, you hear me say yes a lot. It's called yes. yes. Amen. (laughs) Um, I don't know if people say that a lot anymore, but still, but in New York, we definitely still say it a lot. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I launched it in the middle of the pandemic. It was, it was Mm -hmm. summer 2020. And I, I'm a very, I'm someone who just likes to meditate in God's word. I definitely love to study and get all the commentaries and go on logos and all those things, but I never want to miss the opportunity to just listen, just listen to the words that he's communicating, um, in his word. Um, and I, I was able to kind of just like realize that like, oh, this is not just like me, like people really want to be guided through meditations. Um, and so I would do them kind of like reels, like online. And I was like, I, you know, that's fine. But like, it's also kind of just like, it's in a moment and people are just going to keep scrolling. I want to be able to provide something where people can really be still for a few minutes, Mm -hmm. Um, even if they can't physically be still, right? Maybe they have a kid around or maybe they're on their way to work or whatever that looks like. Um, And so, yeah, I just started creating kind of meditations based on scripture. Uh, And so it's me walking through like scriptures based on different topics. And then I also have conversations with folks. So Mm -hmm. it it varies in topics. There isn't like a quote unquote niche to it. (laughs) Um, But more than anything, it's often conversations that I feel the church would talk about more or in perhaps a different way. Um, And so it's been really fun. I just have had different people throughout the past few years um, come and teach and, and, and share their testimony and share about different topics that just, I think really matter to the body of Christ and to the heart of of Christ. Um, And, and it's been fun. It's been, it's a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. I was listening to a few episodes in preparation for this conversation and the meditations are so good. I was actually Yay. listening to it in the middle of a Starbucks. So I was sitting there <laughs> doing work and I had on my headphones and it it did. It felt like it wasn't just tuning in to a conversation or tuning into an episode. It felt like this space was created mm-hmm. around me, this like peaceful mm-hmm. space in the middle of this like public coffee shop. And I was able to just kind of tune in to what the Lord had for me in that moment. And yeah, it's gorgeous. So it's actually one of my favorite things because it's very like Holy Spirit led. People don't know this, but like, I don't write a script for those episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything. Like I I look, I find the scriptures and I press record Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I let the Holy Spirit like speak and whatever words like words or questions he wants to ask or even moments of silence um so I think that also is what I really love about it because it's not something that I'm I'm 
I'm really just a vessel. Like it's God yeah. who's ministering to people yep. in those. Um, and I think people, especially because of the fast paced world we live in, people also kind of struggle to maybe meditate themselves or, totally. or know how to do it. So that's mm-hmm. also kind of like, yeah, my heart to like be able to provide that opportunity for people. Cause I know people want to be still and want to be yeah. calm and want to like relax and take a moment to say la, but it could feel hard. It could just feel it hard. They, you know, mm-hmm. they, they take a moment, they put their phone on, dis- do not disturb. And then someone knocks on their door. Like it just, <laughs> yeah. life is distracting. So yes. I, yeah, my hope is that that is what it, that's exactly what it does. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It feels like this peaceful space or this like bubble that forms around your ears and your mind and your heart. And, yeah. and it's quick enough to where you feel like you can do it even on the busiest days. Mm -hmm. And that is such a helpful tool because like you said, life is full and it's busy and it's distracting. And as much as I wish I could just retreat every morning and do all (laughs) these things, it just, it it just doesn't work that way most days for me. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to have that. And I had to give it a shout out. Yes. And amen. I mean, people have (laughs) to listen to it if you don't know it yet. And again, during just these next few weeks leading up to Christmas, I think that will especially be a gift for people who are Mm -hmm. listening. Listening. And you talked about the word of God. And I would love just to take some time and even just like the chunk of this conversation talking about the word of God, because as someone who has been in the word, who has been in the church since I was about 12 or 13, I am very familiar with the Bible and with scripture. But to be totally honest, there are seasons of life where I like ebb and flow and fade and fall. And honestly, in this season, I was talking with my best friend about this. I've, I have a master's degree. Like I've done all of these studies. I went to an apologetics gap year. Like I know all the things, but I feel like I have lost that connection Mm. with the word. And I think that's a myriad of things. Some of those that we've already mentioned, just struggle and grief and challenge, but also the busyness and distraction. So I'd love to start talking about the word of God. What would you say to the person who resonates with where I'm at, where they say, I know God, I know church, I know scripture, but I just maybe it doesn't leave the backpack as often as it used to, or it sits mm-hmm. on your nightstand most days out of the week. What would you say? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for your honesty. I think yeah. um, it's just, it's a blessing to be honest about mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I probably haven't heard many Christians admit to that. And I know yeah. many Christians are experiencing it and it would just be so freeing if we could just tell the truth about it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that maybe not, we're not all having quiet time in the morning and we're struggling with yeah. that or different things like that. Um, so I was also in that season, uh, I would say early last year mm-hmm. and I was just like, I don't know what to do. And it was, and because it was early last year, all the Bible plans were oh, being everything. promoted on you, yes. all the things, all the things. <laughs> yes. Right. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I I did buy, I think it was the Bible recap thing. Yes, where it's like, yes, yeah, I know that. And mm-hmm. drops that, you know, I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it's not good. I just, I yeah. dropped that too. And so I picked up this, um, this kind of Psalms devotional um, and it's by something Ortland. I can't remember his first mm-hmm. name, but it really blessed me. I just walked through it every day. I wasn't doing any intensive Bible study in that season. I was just reading that every day. And I liked it because it wasn't like a long devotional and the scripture. It was actually the Psalm. And then he shared a little bit of commentary at the end of it. Um, And it really just blessed me because it made me move slower um, in the sense of like Psalms are not short. (laughs) So you got (laughs) to kind of like just sit there um, Mm -hmm. and read it. Uh, And it really also made me see what the Psalms are. And the Psalms, in many ways, I would say kind of David maybe was in that situation, too, where he didn't maybe want to read the Torah or he didn't want to talk to God in some moments. Um, But he still did it 
and he expresses emotions, right? We we very mm-hmm. much see his <laughs> yes. emotion, him yes. and the other writers of the Psalms. We see their emotions and it really changed and shifted my heart in, in, in really seeing that like scripture uh, is there to guide me, to convict me, mm-hmm. to teach me and all the things. But Psalms particularly, I think is, is meant to show me um, the humanity in in myself and that God is like here for my humanity yeah and that he's here for like this season that I'm struggling to like really be consistent in his word or even be interested Mm -hmm. in reading some parts of it um and so the psalms was that for me I think also because the psalms is so long it can be very helpful to for someone like you or someone in that season because if you do a a Habakkuk you're gonna read it in in a week you know (laughs) like you're gonna read it in a week and you're like (laughs) okay what's next so because it's so long it helped because then it made me also build this consistency yeah um I actually just finished the uh Jonah last week and I was like what do I do now you know like it just (laughs) is there's some books that yes. are just so short and they're, and they're done so quick yes. exactly and sometimes you're just like whoa okay like I need to process through that again but Psalms is so long that it mm-hmm. and I it's, I spent about I probably say seven months so yeah. more than half I of last seen, year yeah. in mm-hmm. that um and so I would say is that one of the ways is to do that. And then also community is so important, right? Um Jesus himself lives in community here on earth. Jesus himself is formed in three persons and one God in community. And so really even maybe sharing with friends, right? Like, Hey, this is where I'm at. Um, any of y'all also kind of like in that place, or do you want to like do maybe like a weekly Bible study or maybe even just send each other, um, daily, like scriptures and like that, mm-hmm. like finding a way to engage your people, um, and not live in shame and not like, yeah. and kind of like you tell the truth and yeah. be honest with where you're at. Um, I actually didn't tell anyone that I was like experiencing that except my husband. Um, and then towards, the latter end is when I did and I felt such like freedom because it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I was being free of shame that I felt this about scripture in that season Um, so I think those kind of like those two things is Psalms Mm -hmm. is really the book of Psalms is is Mm -hmm. a blessing um, and it's going to last you forever to read Um, (laughs) uh, and community is really important Mm -hmm. Um, and I think and that doesn't just mean church like if you if someone's not part of a church um, I hope you find a healthy church you know Uh, but if you're not friends right or someone online there's ministries I think Propel maybe does it but like there's ministries that Mm -hmm. host spaces for women to be in the word so there really isn't no matter where you are and what's going on, like there is opportunity in, in, in this day and age, maybe 20 years ago, there wasn't as much, but now there is, um, even if we don't have proximity to like a church or a ministry. Yeah. I think that's good because we, again, if you've been in the church for any amount of time, I think I got to a point where I started to view some of those things as basic, like, Oh, Mm. well, you know, I, for sure when I was in high school or when I was in college or when I was in that season, yeah, I did a Bible study or I did this or I did that. And, um, I think I got lost a little bit in that shuffle of trying to find the next thing or the most advanced thing or the right thing. And in this season, what I've found and what I was expressing to my best friend is that it's the simple practices that are everything to me. And even some of my friends, as I've listened to them, um, you know, as I've listened to them writing books and um, just sharing on their own podcast or platforms and things like that, I have heard them just share the basics, friendship Mm -hmm. with God, setting rhythms with God, um, asking questions of God. And again, like I said, I think there was a time in my life where maybe I tried to knock that or Mm -hmm. I discounted that. And I'm recognizing that that's actually everything. That is what it is to be a Christian. That is what it is to stay connected to the Lord in everyday life, which is humbling. It's humbling to admit that it's not as, um, 
sophisticated or complex as I mm-hmm. first thought that it would be. Yeah, that's so that's so real. I I, I reflected, like I said, I've been reflecting a lot this year. <laughs> I, I reflected <laughs> recently that like in my 20s, I'm 33 now, turning 34 next month. In my 20s, I worked at churches and I found myself very like emotional with God. Like everything was emotion. I didn't pretty much know much about like a lot of scripture. I grew up in the church, but I just knew very basic things. It was very emotional. Then pandemic hit, we weren't part of a church. I was like healing and I got so theological. Like everything was like theology and his church history and all the things, which is, which was very important, but there was no emotion. And then last year in that process of the Psalms is when I realized that, um, but I kind of like didn't do anything about it. But then this year, I'm just like, I I still, I want to know and love God heart and mind right? Like both. Um, and so I think that's part of also if we're in that place of not like maybe wanting to be in scripture or struggling to be in scripture or seeing it as basic of like reflecting on our heart and mind relationship with Jesus, which is the word of God, right? Um, and his word and how that, and what comes up for us, right? Like what are the thoughts that come up for us um, in that process? Deep reflection, I think is just so important because I think we'll just be past like, oh yeah, I'm just in a season. And I'm like, yeah. okay, <laughs> that's just a very Christian thing to say. Like, <laughs> totally. what about... You're in it. What are you going to do about just being in that season kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like that because then even just the shout out to Christianese. Like I think (laughs) that as much as we try not to compartmentalize, that's where faith can get lost in the shuffle is when it doesn't feel like my time with Jesus or what I'm learning or whatever is affecting my work or affecting my friends or my family or my emotions. It's like I have uh, my mental health in one bucket and then I have my faith with Jesus in the other bucket. And those two buckets don't really mix very much. Mm -hmm. And one thing that was helpful to me last year, I, I did read through scripture kind of in this like radical plan. It was like read through the Bible cover to cover and I like committed to it. But then once I got to the end of it, it wasn't the biggest thing that stood out to me is that, yes, it is the inspired word of God. Yes, it is like the truth that we live our life by. But when you read the Bible, it's a story. It is a collection of stories of real human beings who were just living their life, doing the best that they could to Mm -hmm. connect with their God. Mm -hmm. And that actually helped me locate myself in those Mm -hmm. stories for the first time in a way that I don't think I had before because I had held the I had held the Bible with such high regard of this is this is the ideal. This is what the perfect life or this is what truth is. That then once I really kind of took it in context, you realize these are people that are messy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they in their their life or their story ends and they still don't have the full picture or the yep. full truth. And so that was really helpful to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's God's kindness. Um, and, and honestly, like God's intelligence of just like putting Mm -hmm. that picture in it, right. Of just like imperfect people, people who fall short, people who sin, even people who are prophets, even people who were pre like, (laughs) right. Like, and just all the people, um, and our, and really just reminding us of our deep need of Christ, right. Always just like reminding us of that, but also giving us comfort of just like, well, he did it for these people who were, just yep. bugging, straight up, but yep. like wilding, doing the <laughs> yeah. craziest of things. Yeah. And so, you know, if that that's yes. me too, then he will, you know, he will be kind. Yes. He has not changed. And if he was kind, then he'll be kind now. 
If you are a woman in ministry of any kind, I have something amazing to tell you about. It's called Propel Ecclesia. Propel Ecclesia is a five-month cohort experience that equips and empowers women like us with the coaching that we need and the community that we need to fulfill our God-given leadership potential. Each cohort has nine to 12 women in it, plus one coach who has over 15 years of ministry experience. You can expect monthly live webinars with world-class practitioners, a three-day in-person summit in Costa Mesa, California. Who doesn't want that? 24-7 access to a private online community, coaching, learning exercises, one-on-one engagement, and so, so much more. It is jam-packed with everything that you need to be successful in what God has called you to. And right now, the Propel team is accepting applications through December 1st for the next round of cohorts, which will run February 1st through June 30th. Keep in mind, the required in-person summit will be on February 6th through 8th, 2024 in Costa Mesa, California. I would love to be there. Check out the website for more information. Fill out your application before December 1st at propelwomen.org slash ecclesia. That's propelwomen.org slash ecclesia. I think kind of with that, this is like a very natural transition. Um, You are a coach and you do a ton of coaching with people. And when you look at all the areas that you're offering coaching, it's like everything under the sun. I don't feel like there's a problem you couldn't talk someone through. I'm like, wow, I can see myself in a lot of these things. (laughs) But one that stuck out to me is you talked about coaching people through when they're feeling stuck. So that unstuckness. And as we're coming up on the end of this year, and a lot of us are in a season of reflection, but we're also gearing up for a new year and hoping to make changes, hoping to make adjustments. What would you say to the person that feels stuck right now? Maybe they feel stuck in just really tough situation with family or friends, as we were talking about in our own situations, or maybe they feel stuck in their calling or in their job. What would be kind of those first steps that you would offer someone to get unstuck? Yeah, I would say the first thing is to think about what you feel about being stuck. We try to get so we, we try to get out of everything. Right. Like we try to get out of pain. We try to get out of stuff. We try to get out of everything. And that's very normal. It's a very normal response. But we sometimes need to think about where we are in that. Right. So and this applies to kind of I would say most circumstances. But Mm -hmm. if you are like, what do you feel about that? Are you frustrated about mm-hmm. it? Are you angry? Are you disappointed? Are you discouraged? Um, do you have despair? Are you hope? Like the actual feeling connected to the stuckness, because then knowing that is will what help go to the next step. Because like you said, like the word stuck is so general that just like, (laughs) if we all say, we're like, oh, I'm stuck. Like, this is how you get unstuck. No, like this is not, there's not one formula because it's how you feel about getting stuck, but also what are you stuck in, right? So when it comes to like, family things, or even things that you can't really do anything about it. What does that look like? Um, Maybe it's financial or business, but it's like, first, what do you actually feel about being stuck? Um, And then based on how you feel, finding resources and action steps around that feeling while also simultaneously finding resources and actions towards getting unstuck. It's kind of like a twofold process because if you get unstuck and you still feel despair of how you even ended up there, you might end up there again. Or you might not even 
kind of experience gratitude because you're still in despair or in hopelessness, even though you've now gotten out of the situation or the situation has now shifted. Um, and so, so much, you know, people tend to say like our feelings are in fact, and that's absolutely true, but our feelings do matter. Yes. <laughs> uh, they do matter and we need to pay attention to them because they are also often our motivators. So to actually even get unstuck and get uh, out of a situation to know what you, how you feel about something, you want to be motivated to get out of that, right? And moved out of that. It's not literally me as a coach, not even like God can motivate mm-hmm. someone to get unstuck and get out of a situation. Actually, the person within themselves has to find the ways and reasons to get out of it. Um, but I would say in this season is is part of it is that is first reflecting. Um, and then second step is really finding resources, right? So maybe if the stuck, stuckness is around calling, maybe find some sort of course, maybe get a coach, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe honestly, even depending on what you feel about it, maybe that means therapy, right? Some people don't mm-hmm. always immediately think that they're like, oh, I need to take a course. I need to launch this. And I'm like, maybe the next step around calling is therapy because maybe there's some things that you still have to process through with that uh, or maybe talking to your pastor or friends, right? So that's why it's important to kind of like take a moment to reflect versus just trying to be so so fast to act. Now, then there's the opposite end where people are like, they'll wait forever to then act. They're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm, and that will keep you stuck forever, right? There's like, well, I'm just waiting for this to happen and I'm waiting for this to happen and I need um, to fundraise and I need for this person to do this. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, just start. I just told a friend the yeah. other day, I was just like, just start, just yep. start. Like God is faithful to, to provide every step of the way, but you can also just start. Yeah. Yep. Um, so even for example, with a podcast, like I just I that started with in the yeah, middle same, of a pandemic. Same. same. <laughs> <laughs> like I just started. Um, I like found, I've asked a friend what platform yep. she uses that she has yep. a podcast. Same. Right. And just signed up and, and started yep. it. Right. So and then after a while it has evolved and I grown to know, understand more and, and all these different things, but it's also just like just starting. And I think mm-hmm. people forget that the people that they see now who have like grown or blown up or whatever, all these different things, they probably just started, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, however long ago, but they just started. Um, so especially in the areas of like callings, it's just really being able to take that next step. And that next step can mm-hmm. be a very simple one. I think we have to, we make it like a very grandiose one, but it can be a very simple one. Um, but even so in the midst of that, checking in on how you feel, about previously being in that season um, of stuckness. Stuckness really more than anything is um, our own hindrances. It's often mm-hmm. our own thing. There's there's not often kind of like a thing around us that is stopping it. I would call that barriers. But stuckness, I, I would say more than anything, is something that we ourselves, not that we have perpetuated or purposely mm-hmm. put ourselves in, but that we just somehow ended up there because of different circumstances. Um, and then I would say also the last thing is grace, to have grace for mm-hmm. ourselves. I think we stay stuck because we don't have grace for ourselves, because we don't give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, because we don't see other, we don't see ourselves the way we see other people. We don't celebrate other people, um, ourselves the way we celebrate other people. We don't um, amplify people's messages and ministries mm-hmm. the way we would do ourselves. And so we get to do that for ourselves too, right? Because we're a big deal to God just as much as everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, sometimes we can get kind of discouraged because uh, we we're different. We change Mm -hmm. our life changes, our bodies change, Mm -hmm. our families change, our situations change. And sometimes we can lose touch with that person. And so I think that's where some of that 
harsh criticism or um, that unfamiliarity can come in as well. When our life has changed or something has happened and we're feeling out of touch with ourselves, I am in counseling and something that my therapist talks a lot about is getting connected with your gut. And at mm. first I thought, what, what is that? I mean, cause we're Christians, you know? Yeah. So like, what does that even mean? And what she means by that is that, that, piece of us that's at our core, that feeling Mm -hmm. that you're talking about getting in touch with, like Mm -hmm. not just ignoring it or blowing past it or reasoning over it, but saying, no, this is what I feel, whether it's right, wrong. This is the reality. This is how Mm -hmm. I feel. Or um, also that thing inside of us that it's like, well, you know that the Lord created you for this thing. You know Mm -hmm. that you were made to do this. You know that you come alive when you have this opportunity that um, people respond well. And it's not just all about the applause, but just that offering to the world around us of when I give this thing, it seems to encourage someone else in their life. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes we can lose touch with ourselves and Mm -hmm. we don't even know how to hear what we're thinking anymore and what we're feeling. And I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Yeah. And that's why I think I felt, I think I felt like that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of other people in 2020, um, yes. I was just yes. like, what is what, who is where, right? Like I just <laughs> yes. didn't know. Yes. I still feel like that. It's 2023. And so a lot of just like, I, I just spent so much of 2020 just like meditating. And I think mm-hmm. that is such an important, and I know, you know, we hear the word meditation and we immediately like think new age and it's like, yeah. nope, yeah. It, it actually yeah. was God's idea first, right? It's, it's all throughout the Psalms and the word meditate really, it just means to think. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it means, right? To think about or to think um, or to dwell in. And so that's what we get to do kind of like with our thoughts and what we're processing. And even the point, I love that you said of just like, well, we, we change and we're different. And actually I've learned to see that as a gift. Yeah. That our shifts and our changes, maybe we're still getting used to them and they're new to us. And maybe we feel like a baby in something, but our, our, our changes are a good thing from God, but also our differences are beautiful. They're a mm-hmm. distinction, right? Like when we think about uh, people even doing ministry similarly, people still are, are different and they're still yes. doing it different yes. and reaching different people. And that's on purpose because we all are different. So we actually, I think, we need to enter into a state of mind of celebrating our differences, even as we're like adjusting to them. And even maybe sometimes when we don't necessarily want to be different, because that does mean, you know, we stand out in some ways that perhaps people don't love. Even when I think of me and the ministry that I do on the work that I do, I'm I'm very different from a lot of Christian speakers. I'm very different from a lot mm-hmm. of Christian authors. Mm-hmm. Like my lived experience in New York mm-hmm. is very different um, as a Black Latina. Like I'm just having a very different life than most people doing mm-hmm. similar work to, than me. And I used to kind of like not want that and, and yeah, not love yeah. that because I'm just like, then I do stand out or also I have to feel like I'm always misunderstood or I have to prove mm-hmm. myself or I have to over communicate about certain things. And I've just released that. I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating yeah. that the Lord yeah. has put me in a different position, even mm-hmm. though I'm doing similar things than other people. Um, so, and that, and that applies to so many circumstances. Mothers, like we don't have to compare ourselves. We are different and we can celebrate that, right? Like in just so many different circumstances yeah. is celebrating the differences and, and even grieving the changes perhaps, but also embracing them and living in the now. 
Yeah, I think that's beautiful because it can feel frustrating to feel other. It never feels good (laughs) to Mm -hmm. feel other. Mm -hmm. But that distinction might actually be the gift that you are to the world around you. And most of the time it is. So then you look at this conference that you got to do this year. You look at the space that you're creating in your podcast. I Even in the podcast space, it's like there are so many podcasts. <laughs> there's so many podcasts. There's so many. They're amazing. They're they're absolutely incredible. But these spaces, they hold something different. They grant something different. There's something distinct about it. Um, and I, I like that you said at some point, you just said, you know what? I'm good with this. Like I'm mm-hmm. good with what it looks like. I'm good with who I am. And so now I'm just going to keep taking those steps forward in it. And I hope that that sets someone else free that's listening yeah. to this, that feels like, the Lord has me on this path, but it doesn't look like this. And it maybe doesn't look like what someone else's looks like, or it doesn't look like what I thought that it would. For me, that's been my struggle of, it doesn't look like what I thought it would at this mm-hmm. stage, or it doesn't look like what I thought it would at this place, but there's still life there and there's still growth there and there's still movement there. And so the Lord is in it and we just have to kind of tune in to understand what that distinction is. And then I think it does take a little bit of courage to say, well, I'm just going to do it. Like you said, I'm just going to take this step. I'm going to post the podcast. I'm going to write the Instagram thing. I'm going to make the TikTok, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to invite, I'm going to open that door. I'm going to invite that person over. It could be any type of thing. Um, but it's, it's that two step of listening and tuning in and then taking that action because you have another quote that I love that you said that healing and hope don't have to be things that we wait for, but they're things that we intentionally walk towards. And I hear that theme in so much of what you've said today. I don't know if you would elaborate on that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I was just talking, so I just, um, I just released a journal called Sanara and Sela. Uh, and Sanara means in Spanish will heal. Um, so it's the idea that God will heal, whether today, next week, or in eternity, he will heal. Um, and praise God for that. <laughs> um, yes. And so with people who purchased the journal, I created a space online called the Selah Circle. It's just a few weeks we're meeting on Zoom, mainly because I wanted, you know, some like you get a book and sometimes you're like, I wish I could like process with someone with this, right? Yes. And so I wanted to create a space to be able to do that. Um, and we were talking about that last night of how healing without hope um, can feel very long, very lonely, mm-hmm. very, um, what did I think, hopeless. It can mm-hmm. feel like this thing that we're like working towards or maybe even robotic in. Um, but when we include hope in the process, um, it shifts. It shifts our healing and it even shifts our perspective of healing. Um, but then when we think about waiting for it, um, it, it can also put us in a place of kind of like just despair and hopelessness when we think about, okay, I'm just going to wait here and consider when the Lord wants to heal and hope. Um, and this is a very hard reality to accept, but maybe there are some things we will not be healed of while mm-hmm. here on earth. So if we're waiting for something that will not happen here on earth, then what are we like? What what will happen? What will, what are we doing? And how will that affect our heart? How will that affect our mind? How will that affect our whole life? That we're waiting for something that will not come to pass on this side of eternity. Um, so instead of waiting, we intentionally walk in it um, while while still hoping and waiting for the Lord in it, right? But we get to do it together. The healing and hope um, are actually one 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 in the same. I was talking last night with the women that like I actually started my healing journey without hope. And that's why it was feeling so long. It felt long-winded. It felt lonely. It felt like 
Um, it felt like I couldn't forgive. It felt like the hardest thing ever. It just, it was so much weight. And then when I added hope to the formula, I was like, wow, what a release. What a release that I could get to just hope in the healer and trust in whatever healing looks like for me, whether in this season, in this lifetime um, or eternity. Uh, and I think that's a message we get to really talk, think through and talk through as Christians, because first healing in itself, I, I my experience has been that we will say we'll say scriptures about it. Right. Like we'll, we'll quote scriptures, but the, I don't I have not experienced people like telling people here healing um, kind mm-hmm. of steps or mm-hmm. uh, ways to heal or move towards healing. Um, and I think if people had that, they would know that hope is a part of it, right? Like yeah. hope would be a part of those steps. Hope would be a part of that process. Um, and so I hope that we can grow towards that, right? Because there's just so many things that we all want healing from and need healing from. Uh, but we also have to stay hopeful in the midst of our healing um, and in the midst mm-hmm. of maybe our lack of healing. Yeah, I I talked about that in a podcast episode recently where I mentioned having the courage to hope right now feels like a choice. Like hope very much feels like a choice in this season for Mm -hmm. me and my husband. Everyone who listens knows we are hoping to become parents and it's just been a challenging process. We've had Mm -hmm. two losses so far and are still waiting for that positive pregnancy test that leads to a full term life and, you know, a child that we can have in our home. And right now, to be honest, like hope feels a little bit like a choice, like each Mm -hmm. day or each moment or each, you know, doctor's appointment or whatever that happens, it feels like a choice. And even in the last couple of weeks, we got news that we were not pregnant when we were hoping that maybe through some support of the doctor that we would be, and we were not. And so I, I really resonate with what you said, that sometimes we can't guarantee that the outcome will look a specific way. And Mm -hmm. I've learned that so much through this process of becoming parents, you can do every single thing right and on time and with doctors, without doctors, and it's the Lord who gives life. And that is a tough thing to wrestle with on a lot Mm -hmm. of days. Uh, But at the same time, there is still the choice of hope and uh, hope feels very heavy right now in the best possible way. It feels full. It feels heavy. It feels substantial. I think substantial is probably a better word for it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just feel like a Bible verse or a Pinterest quote or like a even a song. It feels yeah. like this thing that I'm reaching out and grabbing every day. Yeah, that's that's really good. And I think, um, and thank you for sharing that. I think this yeah. is, that is such a it's such a, it, I used a word last night. It's like a Spanish word of just like, it can feel like even sometimes like like you're like I don't know if the word is like silly I don't know how to translate that word in English but like it's like it's, does hope feel silly in this circumstance like does it feel ridiculous even completely, to be hopeful and it's completely. like actually yes but do it anyways <laughs> yes, right like yes. be hopeful anyways because that's how we could feel right like even I think some people um I know I've been told like oh, the things that you've been ho- like gone through in your life, like how can you like still believe in Jesus or hope in Jesus? I'm like, yeah, I know. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's also ridiculous that a God would come down to earth to die for me. Yeah, Like I yeah. think that's crazy because mm-hmm. I'm not, like I don't deserve that. And so really being able to like acknowledge that like, yeah, it could feel um, like not a normal thing to do yep. to to yep. hope or maybe even a thing out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. comfort zone to hope uh, but it's actually like a wise thing to do a spiritually mature thing to do um, a very godly thing to do mm-hmm. and so 
being able to cling on to other people, the way I even started to hope in healing is with community, is with my husband, Completely. is with people. Yep. Like, totally. it didn't, I promise you, it did not come from my own strength and <laughs> yeah, my own ideas. It's not coming from me either. I <laughs> yeah. tell people right now, my husband, Scott, he's quicker to hope. He's easier to hope right now. And so sometimes I have to look at him and say, he is so intelligent. He is very aware of every detail and he's still choosing hope. And that's all I can trust right now yeah. is that if it's good enough for him, then it's good enough mm-hmm. for me. Or if it's good enough for exactly. my friends or if it's good enough for my family, like I trust them. And they're telling me that even despite looking at all of the circumstances, God is still good and we should still have hope. That's yeah. it. That's all I kind yeah. of have some weeks. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also allowing in this situation, like with you, your husband, or if you have someone else that can carry hope for you and you can do yeah. it, do that too. Right. Like yeah. right yeah. now I'm carrying hope for a cousin of mine. Like she can't mm-hmm. carry it. Right. So I'm carrying it for her. Um, so even asking people and maybe, like maybe hopefully the Holy Spirit will lead someone like she didn't ask for me to carry. I'm just carrying it for her because I know she needs it. Being able to really acknowledge um, that that's something we we need to do and that we get to do that we um, can offer that up to someone else. Same thing in seasons that maybe we feel like we can't pray then ask Mm -hmm. someone else to pray, right? Mm -hmm. Like just because we can't carry something or do something in a season doesn't mean someone else can't do it for Mm -hmm. us or carry it for us. Amen. Amen. Priscilla, thank you so much for being here. I I think like when I've learned about you over the last week, because you're new to my world, the thing that I have heard you offer over and over again is a very clear description of God's goodness. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that is what we need today. We, some of us have been in the church or we know all of the rhythms and the rules or the religion, but what I hear you communicate through the podcast, through your writing, through your website, through everything, through your Instagram is the goodness of God. And that is such a gift. So thank you for being true to that and for bringing that here today. Yes, thank you. I actually, fun fact, I in my news weekly newsletter, I have a section. I have different sections. One is called "Notice God's Goodness," and that has like just transformed my life to like just <laughs> notice it. We gotta notice yes. it because that's going to change our day today. So thank you, and thank you for having me. This was fun, and it really encouraged me and reminding me of some things I need to reflect on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a gift both ways then, and I can't wait to get to see you even more down the road. Yes, thank you. There are so many aspects of Priscelli's life that we were not able to uncover in this short conversation. So I want to give you tons of channels to connect with her. In the episode description, you'll see links for her website, her Instagram, as well as Sonara and Selah, a journal for everyday healing and radical hope. That is something that she referenced in our conversation. I am securing my own copy right now. And then we didn't talk about this much, but there is this incredible community that she's created called The Full Collective. So I have The Full Collective's website below too. So if you heard us talking about finding a community that can be encouraging to you in your real life and in your real relationship with the Lord, this is absolutely one of those places. And then there's also a link below to the Yes and Amen podcast, which I am now a faithful subscriber and will be tuning into every episode. So lots of channels for you to connect with Priscelis. And I hope that you found this conversation encouraging and just a timely word and refreshment from the Lord. I'll catch up with you guys next week.